welcome to Midweek at the Compass. My name's Jake, just privileged and honored to be here and that you are taking the time to join us. You know, American runs on Duncan, one of your most <laughs> average online pastors, me, also runs on Duncan. So we're just going to enjoy having some coffee and get a behind the scenes look of our sermon series that just concluded, as well as our Mother's Day service that just concluded with our senior pastor, Jeff Griffin. Jeff. Good to be here, guys. So excited. I want to know, Jake, do you get paid by Duncan for your sponsorship here? Yeah, I'm not nearly at a high oh, enough no. level to get paid for that sponsorship. But Duncan, if you're listening, I'd be interested. (laughs) Get a hold of me. Let me know. Online at thecompass.net. This is my favorite start so far. Uh, Last time we were together, the Cubs were undefeated, and that is not the case anymore. No. Uh, They are the epitome of average at the moment. That's still a little better than I was expecting. Yeah. You know, they weren't average last year, so we're moving in the right direction. Progress. That's right. We're going to take that incremental wherever we can. That's right. So let's just jump straight in. Tell me all about Jackpot. How was it determined that you were going to land on this passage of Romans immediately coming out of our Easter celebration services? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. You know, uh, Jake, I had been in Romans uh, for my quiet time and uh, this early part of chapter five in this litany of benefits that are ours in Christ, it just marked me personally. And then I thought, boy, that that'd be a great series. I, I, I uh, have a propensity to gravitate towards narrative, you know, those parts of the scripture that tell history or a story. But the epistles, Romans being a letter, they are so important. And so I seek to get balance in my preaching. And so I thought I'm overdue for a series in the epistles. And following Easter is ideal because on Easter we focus on salvation and people who are Uh, visitors or more fringe in their connection to our church. We want them to trust Christ if they haven't already. And if you've trusted Christ, how how much fun is it then to study all that's yours in this relationship with Jesus? So remind us, what are the things that are ours in the relationship with Jesus? Oh boy, you're going to test me now. There there, there were four of them. I remember that much. Uh, the first was uh, peace, and peace, not in the not the peace of God, but peace with God. Both of them are beautiful, but they're different. Peace with God is going from enemies of God to reconciled, and then uh, grace. We are given access into this undeserved. Uh, favor this world where we're loved and blessed, even though we don't deserve it, and then. Hope. Oh, thank you. You Hope, yes. The hope of our glorious anticipation of uh, heaven and God's glory revealed and rubbed off on us. And then the last being love, the the love of God, uh, the experiential enjoyment of God loving on us. I love that we got to talk about Jesus from an epistle. Yeah. Uh, I think that's something that doesn't always get to happen when we're reading those letters, especially, you know, back half of our New Testament. Um, But I'm reminded of the fact of, as I've worked through Romans not too long ago, um, it is... I like to call it a theological labyrinth. It is. Uh, it is a dense, deep book. I put it on par with Hebrews for me of just yeah. kind of, you have to chew through some of it. Yeah. So how would you encourage people as they're reading a book like Romans? What are, what are some tools, tips, tricks to help better understand what's going on here? Yeah. 
Yeah, it is fun to think of Paul saying, you know, I should write to the Christians in Rome. It's been a while. And then he pauses and he says, I'm going to write them a real letter here. <laughs> uh, in this letter, I'm just going to celebrate the theology that is at the base of our faith. You know, there, there's two ways to, to approach a letter like Romans. One of them is just to read through it quickly. And there is real benefit in that. You develop kind of a sense of Paul's progression and how he starts and where he moves and where he ends. And so I do see value in reading the totality of a letter over just a few days. But then there's also value in going back to it and now saying, I'm going to dive deep and I'm going to seek to understand even the terms that he uses that I might have overlooked. This series is obviously a deep dive. We at times were, you know, focusing on a verse or a part of a verse that was only eight words long, maybe. What I find there is that, yes, understanding the words themselves are helpful. One of the things you may recall, Jake, is that we had this term kaukaomai. That was a Greek term that Paul used a number of times in this text. And uh, the NIV translated it, boast, we boast. And, and I admitted that I don't like that. Uh, it's accurate to the term, but it's that shout of victory that an athlete or a fan would have with an unexpected victory. And there we can relate, you know, that, oh, that surge of joy that comes because of some great victory or benefit. That, that to me was very useful. And gaining that understanding of the term, I think, helped us relate to and connect with what Paul was trying to teach. I like that a lot. So how can the average person, the non-seminary trained student, you're looking across the table at one, how can we better understand terms like that when we haven't done a study of the Greek language as an example? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. You know, there's, uh, first of all, there are commentaries. Uh, you can buy a, if you're going to do a quiet time through Romans, you may want to go onto Amazon and buy a book that's just a scholar commenting on Romans. But there's a tool that I use online quite a bit. I, I hesitate to give away all my secrets. People will realize I'm not smart. I just happen to do some homework. There's a tool called uh, BibleGateway.com, yeah. which is people would understand it as a way to access different versions of the Bible. And it is that. But it can, can be used like a commentary. I'll, I'll tell you an aspect of it that I found recently and just love. If you, on Bible Gateway, look up just one verse. It has to be one verse. Underneath the verse, it'll say, see this verse in all versions. Hmm. And if you click that, all of a sudden there'll be a list of, oh, I don't know, 35 English versions of that one verse. And what you can do then is just scan down and see how these other versions have translated this verse. And so, you know, like Kaukaomai, you'll see that the NIV has boast, but then you'll see all these other versions that translate that same term, celebrate or rejoice in. And you'll be like, ah, oh, I'm starting to understand what's going on there. Interestingly, one of the versions is called Mounts. Okay. M-O-U-N-C-E. If you click on Mounts, that actually pops up the, it's a transliteration. It's got the Greek 
And then right under it, it's got a word-for-word -word translation of what each of the Greek terms mean. And Interesting. So then you can click on the kaukaomai word on that Mount's translation, and it'll give you a breakdown and description of what that word means. So this Bible Gateway is a tool that I use uh, quite a bit. I like that. I'll toss out. I don't preach, obviously, nearly to the same level or extent as you, um, but a, a similar one is an app on my phone. Now, I love the YouVersion app. I think there's a lot of great resources in there. They have really fantastic studies, podcasts, daily devotionals, all of that. But there's another Bible app that I use regularly. It's called the Blue Bible yeah. app. Um, and it does a lot of the same thing where you can get all the different translations in there. Uh, but my favorite part of it is if you click on one of the verses, it will take you to exactly what you're talking about. It lists out every word in the original language and yeah. what it means. So you can see the breakdown of it. Uh, and mixed in with there, there is usually anywhere from three to eight different commentaries on that specific passage, all just baked into the app. Wow. Um, so you can start to learn which commentaries you resonate with, which ones you don't. Uh, but it really is a, it's a one-stop shop for me a lot of times of just starting to get the framework of what was happening in an original language, what was happening in the context, yeah. and some different ways to break it down. So there you What's go. it called again? It's uh, the Blue Letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible. I love it. Could you text me that? 100%. Uh, I'm benefiting myself from this little podcast. Well, perfect. And yeah. it's just one of those where I realized that not everybody's going to be able to read their Bible in front of a computer screen or on a computer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and having it baked in an app that's easy to use and works well, to me, is just a really good yeah. thing. Do you own a paper Bible? Jake? I own several paper oh, Bibles. Do? Okay. I do. Uh, I think Jeff is asking that because I never walk into our senior <laughs> staff meetings with one. It's always on my I'm phone. I'm the only one with a paper Bible. I'm the old school guy with all these modern high tech. That's right. Uh, I have a handful of them. Some yeah. of them look worse for wear. Uh, yeah. Some of them are just whatever, different study Bibles, different translations. So yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, okay. I am an older millennial. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. There are a lot of benefits of knowing Jesus. We talked just about four in the jackpot series yeah. uh, because we were trying to stay within a small section of the Romans text. Mm. But there are ample amounts of benefits, the windfall of blessings, the jackpot that comes with knowing Jesus. Um, are there any other that you might be able to highlight here just quickly for us? Um, even just one or two that we can take a few minutes on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, to your point, that series was not intended to be a, a exhaustive list of the benefits in Christ, just four of them that happened to be mentioned in that early chapter five. You know, uh, two that come to mind. One of the great benefits is the Holy Spirit of God in us. And through the Holy Spirit, one of the things we get is guidance, you know, there is a desperate need for wisdom and making good decisions. And uh, one of the things that comes to believers is that we've got a personal guide in life, one who helps us uh, follow in God's ways and follow God's lead. So wisdom and guidance, you know, would be one. Similarly, strength, hmm. you know, the, the Holy Spirit enables us to do things we wouldn't otherwise be able to do. And I, I love that, you know, uh, as one who's aware of my weaknesses, it's so fun to know that there is God in me because of Christ, and he will enable me to flourish where he calls me. So that leading, the calling and the enabling, they often go together. He, 
He empowers where Strength he calls. Strength and weakness, right? It's yeah. uh, boast even more in the weaknesses there because go. of it. There yeah, you go. I think I've read that somewhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, why don't we take jackpot and move it to the side here? Because yeah. this is coming out now after our Mother's Day service. So before we get to that, Mom, Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Andrea, <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Carol, my mother-in-law, Happy Mother's Day. We love you as a family. Thank you so much for everything you do. And that goes to all moms joining us as well. Yes. Um, moms, but, we love you. Absolutely. Uh, and I won't put you on the spot and ask what you're doing for Mother's Day because we're talking about this beforehand. So yeah, we'll save yeah. the surprises for later. Right. But I would like to talk about, in your message, you were focused on mothers and then kind of went beyond. But there was also something that got left on the cutting room floor that you weren't able to quite get to in our Mother's Day service. Uh, yeah, I wonder if you could share true. a little bit of that. That is true. Yeah, you know... It's one of the things that's so frustrating about preaching is in your study, you'll discover so much, and yet the limited time enables you only to deliver a portion of that. I feel like you've told me before, your best tool is the trash can, yeah, knowing yeah. what to cut and yeah. being okay with it. I hate the tool, but it's, <laughs> it is necessary to use it, that's for sure. Yeah, there, were, there was one thing I, I wanted to, uh, just as a reminder, Mother's Day was a celebration of greatness in God's kingdom. And in our society, our world, we tend to celebrate those who have power and authority or wealth. But that's not so in God's economy. What's celebrated in the Lord's eyes is those who are selfless servants of others. Those who are devoted to living to give. Every day it's not about getting, it's about giving. They don't have a me-first mindset. They have an others-first mindset. And moms do that. Good moms do that. And so it dawned on me that moms who live devoted to the well-being of their children, they are great in God's eyes. And so that's what the message was about. One thing I didn't cover on that I would have loved to have covered on is that this mindset of living devoted lives to others, it's not a recipe for misery but joy. Uh, you know, it's so interesting. We, we believe a lie that self-gratification is a path to joy, and it's not. It's emptiness. Jesus says those who keep their lives will lose it, but those who give it away will get it. And by that, he meant that the path of selfless devotion to God and others leads, in fact, to life at its very best, life eternal in heaven, but also life at its best here. And so to all who want to follow good moms and the path of Jesus and live lives of devoting yourself to others, you're not going to lose. Hmm. God will ensure that you taste life and joy at its highest. That's a good call for all of us, yeah. right? That's, I love that about Mother's Day. Sometimes we talk specifically to the moms, but uh, as a, a, a man in the midst, a, a dad, I don't understand motherhood, but it's all still applicable. There's good yeah. things to understand out of all of it. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate the way you try and weave all that together. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad you were able to share that here, even if it didn't quite make it into your sermon. It felt good to... to yeah, get it off your out. chest yes, a little right, bit. Right. <laughs> so I want to flash forward now yeah. and talk about what's coming next. And what's coming next might at first blush seem like a repeat of something that we just did last year. Right. But we are talking once again about David. Yeah. Can you tell us how it's different from what we talked about last year? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, David is just this tremendously fascinating 
lover of God and heroic leader. The, the, the situation is that there's so much about David that as I built a series last year, I realized I can't get very far in our study of him. And so I chose to limit my series to the years before he became king. We called it David, the making of a king. Uh, this series is a return to David, but starting at his coronation and going on. And so it's the life of a king and uh, it's all good stuff. And I love the fact that we have this perception, or at least I do, I'll personalize it. I have this perception of King David just being this great man, this stoic leader. Um, And I think what we're going to realize very quickly uh, is King David didn't exactly look like that. No. Yeah, I'm sure uh, David, as he's looking from heaven on our series... He would have liked us to stop with the early (laughs) years because what we're going to see is a lot of his life after becoming king includes failure, embarrassing failure. And so there will be quite a bit of study of some times that David got it wrong. So much of the Bible is God showing when his people get it wrong. And and the reason God wanted that included is so that we could learn. We learn from the mistakes of others. And so uh, we're going to learn when David gets it right, but maybe even more so when David gets it wrong. And we will be blessed. Our lives will be marked with greater wisdom and beauty because of the lessons learned from David and his downfalls. That's the joy of it, right? We talked about a couple of series back, hitting rock bottom, and how God uses those moments to re-grab our attention, to turn our focus to him, to save us from ourselves um, through the person, the work, the power of Jesus. Um, But it's so much better when we can learn from other people's rock bottom experiences as opposed to our own. Isn't that the truth? What do they say? Those who... Uh, fail to study history are doomed to repeat it. Absolutely. And, and that's really true. That'll be good. Yeah. Uh, just any closing thoughts from you, if you have them overall? Jackpot, Mother's Day, David, any last things you want to share before we go ahead and wrap up? Yeah, just a, a shout out of love to all of those who participate online. Just so grateful. I, I pray for you. I think of you. And I hear stories as folks email. And I'm just delighted to see uh, people our online community following Jesus with abandon. So keep it up. As the guy that helps run that, thank you. And I agree with all of that. Thank all of you for joining us, but more importantly than joining us, for just continuing to be on a journey of wrestling through uh, more and more who Jesus is, and what he calls us to do. You know, we, we are all about, we talk about regularly finding and following God. And we know it's through the person of Jesus. And we want to wrestle through that in person and online as frequently as possible. They're just extra tools in the tool belt, right? Yeah, that's right. So uh, all that said, thank you guys for joining once again. We will be back next week where we're going to just take a two-week look at what we just talked about. Find and follow God. Or to put it a little bit of a different way, disciple making and relational evangelism. What can we learn more about that, especially as we are coming up on our summer months? Join us next time we're together here at Midweek at the Compass.